if I had met you for the first time and you came to me, you pitched an idea to me, and you said, Fonsha, I want you to invest in my business. The first 10 minutes, I'll be asking you a conversation about who you are. Not about the business. Right. I'm just like, who's the business aside? Tell me about yourself. How did you get here? You know, tell me about your spirit. And because while I, what I'll be doing is to look out for leadership in you. Hello and welcome to the AOU podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa, where we explore more on being a bold entrepreneur leader. I'm your host, Savannah Olo, and today I have with me Dr. Alfonso Sommelin. He is the Regional Principal Officer at the African Development Bank. He leads the bank's work on climate change and green growth in the 13 countries that consist of the East African region. In regard to today's episode, we talk a lot about being guided and not just in a spoon-feeding manner, but one that gives you hints to your success. After all, teamwork makes a dream work, or rather, no man is an island. His dinner guest list has several generations represented, and you might see why he thinks the way he does, holistically. Earlier, I talked about guidance to success. Do you have the tools, resources, or facilities? What are we talking about today? Well, stay tuned. Join us as we uncover a whole new world from our diverse community of entrepreneurial leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming Dr. Alfonso Samarin. So, Doctor, before we begin, I wanted to know, how do we pronounce your name? Yes, um, thank you. My name is Olufonsha, so you pronounce Sha. Sha. Yeah, Olufonsha Shomari. All right. Thank you so much for that. I would have butchered your name, and that's very embarrassing on a very international platform. (laughs) But I do want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today, and welcome to the AOU podcast. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Great. So to kick off this episode, with we usually start with a small icebreaker. And if you could invite three people to dinner, living or dead, who would they be? Living or dead? Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, well, first on my list will be Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. Okay. The second on my list will be um, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> now the third one, I've got two points in my head right now. Um, right. And I want to be very gender sensitive. Um, I probably would have said my mother. Okay. Uh, but can I add one more person to the table? Who would that be? My nine-year-old daughter. Oh, so adorable. <laughs> but your choices relatively align with mine. So I'm glad I'm glad to hear you have Obama and TD Jakes on there. I feel like there'll be a lot of um, constructive conversation that would come out of that. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think we are blessed in our generation to have men and women of deep insights and right. people who constantly keep pouring their heart, the depth of their heart for us. And for many of us, we have been very privileged to have them teach and instruct us. And some of us, we are probably who we are today, in addition to yeah. the, great, uh, the impact of these great men and women. Right. So I'm curious, where are you calling us from? Thank you. So I'm calling from Nairobi in Kenya. Oh, okay. Well, we're in the same city. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, 
a special weather today, but it's a very beautiful feeling. Great. Thank you so much. All right. So we can get on to the episode. And while you are the regional principal officer at the African Development Bank, leading the bank's work on climate change and green growth, you are very passionate about the value of mentorship and entrepreneurship. So how did you nurture this passion and how did you get to pick this path for yourself? Thank you. I, I, I mean, since I was a kid, I've always been fascinated by the idea of trade. So yeah. the, uh, trade, you know notion of trade. I, I grew up with my grandparents and my grandfather was uh, quite a significant cocoa seller, you know, cocoa trader uh, in in Western Nigeria. And and as a young boy, he dealt with some white people, uh, Swiss to be precise, um, because he was also like an aggregator. So I, I was very fascinated by his nice idea. He was an educated, I was able to speak a little bit of English, and I was the translator between him and these white people. Um, and as a grew older as well, I, I was just, um, you know, and if, when I joined the bank as well, I took interest in the work of the bank beyond my area of specialty, which is basically climate policy, governance okay. of natural resources, yeah. and all that. And I was very fascinated by the notion that if Africa is going to develop, we will need to... Um, empower a lot of people to be entrepreneurs and at the local level, you know, SMEs are able to uh, contribute to the economic growth, but more importantly, they are also able to employ people. And that's going to be the pathway to our development. You're not going to leave everything to government today. So uh, it was from there. Actually, from there, I started nurturing the, the interest in learning more about entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. Let me make a confession. When I joined the bank, every private sector project, um, right. I didn't even have a finance background. And I would, save <laughs> them in a, I would save them in a folder and I would go through them. And, right. then, you know, little by little, I learned about debt equity ratio. I learned things about, you know, cumulate, is it compound annual growth rate and how, what that meant about financial stability of the company. And that for me, that was how I got into, uh, into a private sector arm. But I also wanted to have a first-hand experience with it. So it's been, uh, you know, an aggregate of many years of different experiences. But all the same, I, I think entrepreneurship is something that is very critical for Africa's growth and Africa's future. Right. Thank you so much for that. And you've taught entrepreneurship classes at some institutions like AOU, um, University of Canada, executive classes at Strathmore University. Why is mentorship important to an entrepreneur and why should we give it more attention? Um, you know, it's quite fascinating that the, the concept of mentorship or mentoring is not new. It's not new at all. We talk about it in leadership. We talk about it in community development. We talk about it in youth um, development. We talk about it in even in career, that you can be in a in a workplace and you're supposed to look for an imprint, a mentor um, and someone to be there to help you. Even in politics, you hear terms like political godfather. That is basically right. a mentor-mentor relationship. But you hardly hear people talk about mentorship and entrepreneurship. It sounds like it's supposed to be um, uh, a lonely journey. It sounds right. like once you tap into this world of entrepreneurship, you don't, you're not going to need any mentor or you cannot be a mentor to someone. Right. Else. 
Right. And I thought that was, we needed a different conversation around that. And more than ever, we need mentorship in entrepreneurship for a number of reasons. Um, number one, I think we need to reduce the, the number of failures that we get. Um, I'll give you an example. In Kenya alone, 53%, and some will argue as much as 58% of companies don't get to their third anniversary. Oh, wow. 72 to 80% of companies don't make it to their fifth anniversary. And why you start? Why do companies start? Why do SMEs start? Why do entrepreneurs start? And then three years later, they don't exist anymore. I mean, there are going to be a lot of factors explaining that. Um, but I strongly believe, and I'm very convinced that the lack of mentoring could be one of them, particularly okay. when it comes to the issues of financial management, managing relationship, product development, you know, entering into the market, you realize a lot of mistakes, that a lot of mistakes that a lot of young entrepreneurs make, and these are mistakes that could have been avoided if they had good mentors. Yes, and I think this is why it's very important to talk about it. I think there's a very important um, things that you've noted right there, and I think it's also essential for us to realize how essential it is to have a mentor to some, for someone to guide you because they've been there before you they've, they've paved the way in order for you to sort of have it easier than they did when they started off but either way no no path is easier than the other it's just much smoother as opposed to what you did or, or, as as opposed to what your predecessors did before you right no i agree i i, I agree and I, and I think it's very important to emphasize the fact that there's a place of failure and learning uh, from your failure in order to succeed. But to be honest, your failures are avoidable. You don't yeah. have to believe in things. And, and by just having the opportunity to have a direct relationship with someone who's gone through it, who's been there, who's willing to share his experience with you, who is willing to handhold you through the process. It doesn't mean you make your own mistakes. It doesn't mean you want to learn things that are unique to you, but also you need a form of guidance. And I think that's something that is very, very important. And we must not leave it to chance. We must be very deliberate about it. And that's why this conversation is quite important today. All right. So you run an entrepreneur mentorship program. What are your personal experiences so far? Or what has been your most exciting project that you've been a part of so far? Um, thank you. That's a very good question. So currently I'm running two programs. So one of them is called Mindosphere. So basically okay. Mindosphere. And what we do um, is just basically to create a platform to have people who are, you know, entrepreneurs, um, people who have had life experiences and many fields of interest for young people to come share. So um, we, with the younger ones, we've been doing that through um, uh, virtual meetings and we've had a number of classes for about 10 of them. And we've been able to get very good speakers to talk to people. And this has been quite really high opening. And a lot of our young entrepreneurs have learned a lot from it. Uh, I'm going to come back to that. The second one is, so a friend of mine, we started um, a conversation a few weeks ago. And we, we were asking ourselves, what are the deadly things or deadly mistakes that most African entrepreneurs make? Okay. And, and it, it was just a question we were asking ourselves from our own experience as well. 
and, and I thought it was a very good uh, conversation. So at the end of the day, we listed, you know, a couple of um, mistakes that most people make. And we try to structure these mistakes into three core pillars. You know, the first mistake is a mistake okay. of itself. You know, the entrepreneur itself um, probably makes some mistakes in terms of their own personal understanding of who they are and this role that they play in steering this ship called entrepreneurship, you know. Um, the second is, it's, it's a market mistake or market failure. And some of them, you know, it could be changes in regulatory system, it could be changes in uh, the partnership arrangement, and obviously um, there's also, there are also some other mistakes, you know, lumped there. So what we decided to do was to run a masterclass. So we, we're running a three, a four-part masterclass on the deadly things uh, for our African entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship in Africa. And it's been, we've had one class already. We will be having another one soon. And it's been, it's been a great conversation because you run a simple survey. You ask people um, to list the number of mistakes that they have made. And you'd be amazed. And some of them you would have thought that there's no way you should, you're going to make this mistake if you're really an entrepreneur. But that's, yeah. those are people who were never entrepreneurs. When you get in there, you may not even realize that you're making this mistake. No. And we, we were not really interested in exposing the mistakes that people make, but rather we wanted people to come to terms with the fact that you can make mistakes, but also you can learn quickly from your mistakes. And as a matter of fact, you are expected to learn quickly. And, and move forward. And and sometimes also you may not, you may avoid making those mistakes by learning from the mistakes of others. And so it was, it's been a very good conversation so far. And some of the things I've learned, um, I probably just put them in, in two uh, forms. The first thing is to understand that, you know, there's a place of the competence, but there's also the place of character. Right. And most often people tend to, the, to make a decision to build the confidence, competence first without considering or giving attention to the character of a person. And, and the truth is you are going to be at the very center of that entrepreneurship drive or that entrepreneurship journey. And there are a lot of things that are going to be, they're going to be, the challenges will have to do with a lot about yourself, your okay. ability to lead, ability to think critically, ability to see solutions, where people see challenges, much more than the product you're designing. And that was one thing that we learned, that you, the entrepreneur, and the entrepreneurship is the most important, um, you know, um, value. And I think it's very important that we, we encourage people to spend a lot of time to build the character that they need, uh, that is required to be successful in this entrepreneurship journey. Um, the second point that we learn again is, you see, the faster you can learn, the, the, the faster you, you can grow and the faster you can capture the market, it comes to your ability to learn quickly. Um, and, and that learning will translate into your product differentiation, your market strategies, your, your pricing, your competitiveness. All of those things are very much linked to your ability to learn as a person. So we don't look at entrepreneurship in a vacuum. We look at entrepreneurship very much as, a, as an idea that is nested in leadership. So um, 
if I had met you for the first time and you came to me, you pitched an idea to me, and you said, Fonsha, I want you to invest in my business. The first 10 minutes, I'll be asking you a conversation about who you are, not about the business. Right. I'm just like, who's the business aside? Tell me about yourself. How did you get here? You know, tell me about your spirit. And because while I, what I'll be doing is to look out for leadership in you, the sense of identity, the consciousness that you are the very center of it. And we're quite, we've been quite amazed and I'm pleased so far with the feedback that we've received in the course of doing this. So, um, and when you bring this down to our topic of today, you realize that, you know, a lot of people can go to MBA school and apologies to MBA graduates. I, um, I have nothing against them. Um, and they can learn everything about markets. They can learn everything about business strategy, writing, uh, you know, a key, making a killer pitch and all that. But it comes down to the character of the person, the level of discipline, you know. And, and I've got tons of examples of individuals that I've dealt with. And that can only, so when you give that responsibility to someone to fix the, who they are, you, the only way you can help them is through mentoring them. And when you are able to help them assume that leadership role, that leadership, you know, stability that they need, I, I am very confident that the product they're designing, the service they're offering uh, to the market will stand a chance of success. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but that's my personal conviction. It did, and I see. I see from your last point you mentioned one of your last one of your last points you mentioned that you know if I come to you and I ask you to invest in my business, you'll have to know about my character, and I feel like that's something that's evolving with time as well. Um, a, a good example would be like digital companies, whereby a lot of people want to see the face behind the company, um, and and have like a personal connection in a way they can relate with the owner. Or, or the or the or the entrepreneur rather, um, in order for them to emotionally invest as well, not just fiscally but emotionally as well, maybe even physically, like be in the store, be in the restaurants and what have you. So, I could see I could see how those points could come into play actually. So, thank you so much for that. All right. So, what are the major points of an entrepreneur's journey that you've noticed a lot of? Um, that you get a lot of requests for mentorship? Um, so the starting point is, is, I mean, is to help people understand. See, let me ask you, if you run a survey among many entrepreneurs and ask them, what's your greatest challenge? Nine out of 10 will tell you, I need more capital. Right. And very few people will tell you, if any at all, I need a mentor. Right. And I think for me, that was a starting point uh, of, of changing the conversation to say, listen, yes, it's not enough to have money, but what would you do with the money? How do you prove to me that you can manage the money? And I'll give you an example. Um, I had a young man who had a brilliant idea, a brilliant idea. And he had it, and I thought, wow, at this age, he was barely 21 uh, when he had the idea. And somehow I, I thought, you know what? I've read about this idea. It's worked somewhere in South Africa. Um, you're going to be the first mover here in Kenya. Go for it. I actually had heavy investment in him. Just read some books, get into it, take one or two classes, and just get into 
understanding the length and breadth of the problems you're trying to solve. And secondly, as well, the, the force capsule, I mean, the capsule you needed to build the system. Because we needed to test run the market with about 20 families. It was about e-commerce uh, um, product system of a sort. And while we were doing that, I think it was getting a bit of traction. And when it was mm-hmm. eventually um, it got some money. But here's the thing. Even it was a brilliant idea. And barely, I think, a month or two, that it got about $1,500 as revenue. It just went crazy. Um, and then, you know, he just felt like, oh, no, don't worry. I cannot stand on my own and I'm going to be fine. So the next thing he moved out of his parents' house, he said, live on his own. Now I'm a big boy. You know all those things. And barely three months down the line, he ran out of money and he came back. And I sat him down and I said, listen, I don't think you've learned the lesson yet. So I'm going to take a break with you. But I want you to understand something. The first set of money or revenue that you make is still not the final harvest. And the law of things, you keep sowing, you keep growing the company, you keep trying to do a lot of things as part of developing the product, as part of expanding market opportunities um, before you get to a point where you feel like, oh, yes, you've arrived. And I don't think it was, whatever I told him wasn't rocket science. I mean, anyone right. could have told that. Even he could have told himself that. Yeah. But this where you know, a mentor-mentee relationship becomes important because there's a level of accountability that is required and which is often driven or has to be driven by the mentee himself or herself by saying, listen, I want to be accountable to someone, someone who sees hope in me, someone who sees greatness in me, someone who is willing to hold my hand through this faith, including the good faith. So we should not limit the role that a mentor plays in your life to only when things are bad. You also need a mentor when things are good. Right. Because a mentor is able to tell you, listen, there are, you know, there are drought days ahead. There's something called the valley of death in the journey of an entrepreneurship and you cannot escape it. There's gonna be, you're gonna experience cash flow crisis. And in order to avoid that, these are, these are steps to take right now. So mm-hmm. it's important for people to know that when you are creating a relationship with a mentor. Please don't start disturbing them. Don't start chasing them because you want to get out of crisis because you need them to help you out of bad time. Even when things are good, you still need a mentor. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that we've learned. And we tend to encourage people that, listen, your relationship with your mentor is not, a, is not the same as the relationship with your coach. Your right. coach has a timeline to deliver a certain form of transformation together with you. And once it's done, you know, which you would have paid for, your coach work is done. We have to negotiate new arrangement, new contract. No, a mentor sees the, it's there for a long haul. It's there for a journey. A mentor wants to be part of that progress. A mentor wants to see, believes in the bigger picture. And their job is not to create you in their own image. Their job is to help you find your way, help you navigate your way through these complex challenges. Because it's, it's going to be, you're going to face it, whether now or later. And that's the role that mentors play. And I don't know. And, and this is why it's very important in mentorship, particularly as we go through different phases. I mean, look at what's happening with COVID. Yeah. 
at the beginning of the year, many of us have strategies, you know, growth strategy. We're going to increase our growth by this percent. Today, if you still have a company, then you're successful. Because uh, then, so that's, that's I think, uh, why we need to understand that beyond the things you can read from academic textbooks, beyond the things you can hear from others, that are some conversation, that are a lot of guidance that a mentor needs to give you. All right. All right. So young and ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders tend to flood inboxes of potential mentors on various platforms with requests to be mentored. How should one build this uh, mentor-mentee relationship? Um, this is a very good question. And as I alluded in my last point, um, a mentor-mentee relationship is a relationship that has to be driven by the mentee. I want to be very emphatic and very clear about that. It's right. not your mentor chasing you to say, hey, come here, come up with mentor. No, absolutely not. It is you running after that and you taking advantage of every medium, every opportunity to reach out for, to them. You know, There are people today who are mentor figures in my life. I don't have the luxury of having a sit down with them on a day to day basis. But if they ever produce any material out there, I'm consuming it. You know, I am I, I get a notification first time. I can relate to it. When I get the chance to meet them, I don't joke with that chance. So I am the one driving it. Some of them may not even consider themselves to be a mentee, a mentor to me. But for them for them, for me, I embrace them, I accept them as a mentor figure. And so it's my responsibility to reach out to them, to take advantage of their experience, their story, and their wisdom in, in just improving myself. Um, and, and I need to also understand this. So while it's a relationship between two people, the mentee drives it. So it's very important that you ask yourself, what exactly are you looking for in a mentor? So, and, and you need to understand that not everyone can be your mentor. And it doesn't really have to be, it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with age. Obviously, if they do have uh, longer years of experience, uh, if they have been hard there, if they have made a lot of mistakes and they learn from me, that would be better. But even someone younger than you, who has much more experience in that field, may be uh, a mentor to you. And the second point as well is also for you to understand that it, it's a very, it's a long-term relationship. It's not a one-off, you know. You will always have to keep learning. But if you do have an opportunity to have a one-on-one section with them, you also have to be very honest. When they give you ideas, you also have to give them that value of their time. The time they're committing to you, you have to justify that by doing a number of things. And I always tell my mentees, I thought the only way you can thank me, the only way you can, you know, uh, compensate me for my investment of time is for you to be successful. Your success is your appreciation to me. And for me, the story is, is I want to tell a story that I was part of that. That's the story. Not that I own it, you own it, and I'll never take the, the, the image and the ownership away from you. But for me, I just want to be part of great things. And so the only way you can say thank you for all you've done is to achieve the things we talk about is to be successful. So that's, that's very important that um, building this relationship is important. And there are many platforms. You know, you're going to have one-on-one, 
you're going to have uh, online, thanks to COVID, you know, we're all virtual citizens of the world right now. Um, and, you know, you can create time. Um, you just request that I need 30 minutes of your time. And you're very polite about it. And when they give you that time, you're very happy and you make the best of it. These are things that many mentors will be looking out for. So please, let's be very clear. And I think it's multiple words uh, saying one thing. The mentee must drive it. I'm not comfortable with a relationship where the mentee expects me to call him or her to remind him about our meeting. No. It should be the other way around. Yes. I'll keep it there for now. This podcast is brought to you by Venture by AOU, a free course for entrepreneurs. Do you want to know how to overcome entrepreneurial challenges from real-life experiences? Well, Venture is an online course designed for young and aspiring entrepreneurs. It features more than 10 AOU entrepreneur leaders who will guide and inspire young entrepreneurs. You can find Venture on venture.aoueducation.com. Once again, venture.aoueducation.com. Venture course for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Now back to our conversation. So it's great that you brought about the points about um, a mentorship and building that mentor-mentee relationship. So the first one was to, you know, be the one to drive the conversation, drive the relationship, drive the chemistry, as well as keeping in mind that it's a long-term relationship. So my question to you is, um, in, in addition to that, is how how do you know your mentor is the right fit for you? And how do you know your mentee is the right fit for you? Because in some situations, somebody might be so successful that you really look up to them and wanting them to be your mentor, but to them, you're not the right fit, or to you, they're not the right fit for you. So how would you go about the, tackling this? Very good point. Um, I think it's important to emphasize that there has to be a point of convergence of ideas and passion. Um, And and let me put it in a very simple terms. You cannot be uh, someone interested in entrepreneurship um, and, you know, deeply passionate about it. And then you're looking for a mentee who has never practiced, who has never experienced, who has never tried entrepreneurship before. You're looking at somebody who has worked all his life in a government institution and he knows everything. I mean, being an employee of an institution is, is all his life. Right. At that point, there's a disconnect in your convergence of passion. And I think that's what many people need to um, you know, start with in screening. Uh, actually on both sides as well, either on the mentor side or on the mentee side. Um, secondly as well, I think what a mentor does is also someone who has the ability to be committed to your growth. So it's right. very important that you find someone who wants to see you grow. Now, you have to determine to how far or how fast you want to grow, but at least there has to be that Thing about you that is appealing and, and clear and very unmistakable to your mentor that you want to grow. And they also have the interest in seeing you grow. So it, it's very important. Growth also has to be uh, a, uh, you know, a unit of currency uh, for, for that interaction. 
and and I think at the end of the day as well, one question I always ask my 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 mentee or potential mentee is, why are you interested in this? You know, why do you want to do this? Is it because you want to have and you want to live in a fancy house? You want to travel all over the world? You want financial freedom? I'm not going to discount that. That could be. Or is it because right. you have, you want to be part of something that's bigger than you are? You see yourself as someone who can create, you know, a ripple effect. You see yourself as someone who wants to do something bigger and better, um, bigger and better than you are, uh, you know, in a way. So I, I think for me, the goal, the ultimate goal, which drives the motive, it's very important. Um, I don't think I'd be interested as a mentor. Um, I don't think I'd be interested in somebody who says, you know what, I just want to, I just don't want to work for anyone. I just want to work for myself. Okay, and so on. Uh, rather, I'd rather be interested in someone who says, listen, I come from a poor background. I've seen people's dignity taken away from them because they couldn't afford basic services. I don't want that to happen anymore. Help me get that. Do you understand the difference? Yeah, I get you. I get you. I, get I you. mean, the one that wants to that wants to you know help poor people, it doesn't mean he won't live in a fancy house. It doesn't mean he won't drive a fancy car. But something bigger than him is a driving force, and that is that makes a huge difference. So that's why I'm going to repeat what I said again. If he came to me with a business idea and he said, "Please, I want you to." invest in these, or even if you're not interested in investing, I want you to connect me to a lot of your friends. I know the conversation that I'm going to have with you for the first 10 minutes. And this is one of those conversations. You know, why are you interested in this? Why do you want to do this? What's driving you? What is the motive behind it? And oftentimes, motive is not what you're telling people. Motive is what is deep down inside you. Right. Yeah. Um, first, and I mean, I'm not going to, this is not in any way out of preference. Right. You need a mentor to help you validate the idea that you have. Yeah. It gives you uh, comfort as a person to go ahead. So they are not engineering the idea for you. It is your idea. You own it. But at some point, you may need a little bit of validation. And you want that validation to come from someone who is significant to you and significant in form of a, a mentor. So um, the first tip is you need, if you're in the agribusiness, for example, you need a mentor who's going to validate your idea. Um, number two as well, you also need a mentor who's going to challenge yourself. Um, oftentimes we, you know, we see things in parts, we see them in pieces. And then by just sharing that idea with someone else, they may just pick up new ideas. You see, they are coming from an, a background where by the time they're listening to you, they're creating dust. Right. And that dot uh, gives a wealth of experience that you may not have, and they are able to tell you, yes, um, this can work, this may not work now, um, but you have to start now and that, and go on later. Um, but to be also honest, another point is, you also your mentor is also consider your mentor to be uh, a giant, and you want to stand on the shoulders of a giant to see far. Right. 
And you can do that through uh, having access to their knowledge, having access to their networks, having access to their insights, but also, you know, uh, the ability to, 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 to open your eyes to areas that you may have ignored. So I, I think that's something that's very important. Another point is this, and this is what most men kids don't like. You also need somebody to challenge you. You also need somebody to tell you, hey, okay, this beautiful thing that you thought was the best thing that ever happened doesn't work. Uh, they're not trying to put you down. They, they just want to also stretch you. And it's important for you to experience that. And they have to challenge you. And uh, sometimes they also have to prepare you for what is ahead. It's not all going to be all smooth. You know, you're going to go through some challenges. But in order to anticipate those challenges, those are, here are steps that you need to take in the interim as you, as you head out in this journey. So it's very important as well that you have a mentor who can be very honest with you, who can look at you and say, you know what, this is not what you should do, or this is not the way to go about it. And you're humble enough to embrace it. You are free to challenge it. It may not be right. You may know something that they don't know. And feel free to also communicate that. Um, and last point as well, you see. In this journey, you also need someone who's just going to be by your side. Someone who's your go-to person, you know, um, just uh, on a speed dial. And, uh, and, uh, again, like I said, you're going to make your mistakes, whether you like it or not. You're going to make those mistakes, whether you like it or not. And at the early stage, probably you should make a few of them. But there are some mistakes that are avoidable. There are some mistakes that are very costly. There are some mistakes that, that you may not recover from their consequences. So what a mentor does is also to help you avoid where most people fall, where most people make mistakes. Uh, a simple example is, is projections. I don't know if you've met younger entrepreneurs, the way they make projections, they are like, by year three, we're going to be doing $50 million. I'm like, my friend, slow down. Okay, we've been there. Um, can you, can you, you're working with a, a huge bracket, a huge range. And you're projecting on the higher side of the range. Can you play with the lower side of the range and make sure that your model is structured on the lower side of the range? Should, but, in, but then if you go above the lower side, then that's a plus for you. That's a good thing for you. I don't know if that makes sense to you. It, it makes sense. And I think from what you just said, from my understanding of what you're saying, is there are essentially a, a particular set of people, a particular set of characteristics of somebody or people in your life or your mentors have to have for you to build that relationship with them. So essentially from what I'm hearing, you're talking about having a cheerleader, a mentor, a coach, a friend, and even a peer in some cases. So um, I don't know if you know the difference between a friend and a peer, whereby a friend is someone you talk to on a day-to-day. -day. You're not necessarily in the same industry, but they have that um, sort of third-party perspective on what you're doing and whereas a peer is someone who's in the same industry with you and they're able to sort of see the insight from your perspective as well um, and then also like how how would you differentiate a mentor mentee relationship from um, a sponsor and maybe like a potential interns uh, relationship 
Good. And, and I think it's very important that as an entrepreneur, you consider you can do a simple, uh, you know, what we call mapping analysis. Um, you put yourself in the center and then you draw a line to each individual actors around you. Um, and depending on the strength of the relationship with them, you, you, you make that to the, the thickness of the line um, weight. And again, you have that. You're going to have friends, you're going to have peers, you're going to have sponsors, also you're going to have mentors. Um, let me give you my own personal example. I remember when I, you know, just tried, when I launched out in this world of entrepreneurship, and I started talking about my ideas to a few people, there were people who said, listen, you know, I'm not a financial person. I don't understand this thing. Right. I'm just investing in you. You. And there are going to be people like that. And they're not necessarily, you know, people who are way older. So these are like um, friends in a way. But they don't understand the day-to-day activity of the business. They don't even have an idea about, I mean, they have a vague idea of how you're going to make money. And right. then you're going to... Them. But then for them, the only thing is, I know you as uh, someone who, who who gives value to integrity. And I know you as someone who is very straight. So I am going to invest in you for that purpose. Um, at the same time as well, I also had engagement with people who were like my peers. And one way the other, I wanted to pick their brain about the industry. And your peers are usually people who, um, if you're not careful, they may be a competitor. But the truth about it is that there are people as well who are trying to diagnose the same problem and who are also trying to look for solutions like you're doing. Right. And you may have an advantage to really learn a lot from them in having a new perspective or a new idea um, or using a new lens to look at the problem you're trying to solve or the product you're trying to develop. And so you, you also need that kind of uh, relationship. But also there are people like sponsors. The sponsor may basically be give me a sense of what the business is about. I'm a, a sponsor or investor just wants to look at numbers. Can you make right. me money? Right. Can you add value to me? And if the answer is yes, he wants he's going to ask you questions. And when he's convinced, he's going to take a chance on you. It could be debt, it could be in form of equity. But for the investor or a sponsor, you are going to be an extension of value. It needs value. He needs return on his money, and you have to convince him that. Now, I think what a mentor does, and if I'm corrected on this, is helping you appropriate all of these relationships. And someone who's going to be able to tell you, um, or you pick his brain on, this is what I'm getting as an offer, or this is what this person uh, is, this is the direction that this person is pushing me to. So, a mentor, I mean, you could also be a sponsor, but in, if there's somebody operates as a mentor figure in your life, yeah. their job, that guidance, that very honest truth to say, listen, think twice, uh, look at this, do this analysis, I uh, pitch this way and that, because they have an interest in your growth. They are also passionate about the problems you're trying to solve. And they, if they cannot solve it directly by themselves, they see an opportunity by investing in you uh, through this technical and through this relationship as a way of achieving the goal. And that's why it's very important to understand 
that even if you have a mentor as also one of the sponsor, when you're engaging with them, you must be able to ask yourself, am I dealing with him now as a sponsor or am I dealing with him now as a mentor? And this is why the mentee must drive it. So it's a relationship that is long-term, but you also are going to be the one to determine the quality you get out of it, but you also determine what exactly you want out of it. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Thank you so much for that. And finally, to our last question, and unfortunately, it is our last question. Is there any major takeaway that someone should take away from this conversation? Um, Are there any tips to young entrepreneurs and leaders listening to you from over 100 countries that you could give um, in terms of being an entrepreneur, um, looking for a mentor, being a mentee as well, because, you know, we've all been in those positions of power and been in positions for uh, looking for help. So is there any main takeaway that you'd like us to have from all this? Well, thank you. I have to say this has been a very um, productive conversation. I've really learned a lot, even from your own analysis, even listening thank to you. myself. Um, <laughs> And I really think that we're, try- we're doing our best here together. We're doing this together, uh, Savannah. So we're doing our best here to make a case that there's a value in having mentorship um, right. for entrepreneurs. We shouldn't limit it to politics, to leadership, or to other areas. It's very important. Um, and, and I'm happy that we've got a, a lot of people who are going to be learning on this, and it's good to, to hear what they think about it. Uh, as we come to a close, I, I, I want to tell you uh, a story, a story that I really find very amazing. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, it's, some years ago, there was a young man called Alexander the Great. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He was a king, um, you know, in the ancient Greek. And he succeeded his father, Philip II. Right. And he, at just at the age of 20, Alexander the Great, despite being a young boy, was extremely successful. And this was the time which, uh, BC, I think 350 BC. He was extremely successful. And it was quite interesting that, you know, he was considered in many quarters as the father of modern day human, uh, human civilization. You know, because he had idea of technology, had idea of architecture and a number of things. But here's a story. When he was about to die, uh, he made a very deep statement. And he said, for all he did, for all he achieved, for everything he was, he was more indebted to his mentor, Aristotle, much more than he was to Philip, his father, that gave him life. Right. I want to understand for a second. And let me just rephrase that. That they, one of the greatest men that ever lived, there have been many Alexander, but there, there's only one that we call Alexander the Great in the history of mankind. And then he achieved many things. Even as a young person, he became a king at the age of 20. And this was because his father was assassinated. But then at the end of his days, he looked back and said, the best thing that happened to me, the secret of my success, was because of the things I learned under my mentor, Aristotle. And I'm more indebted to him than the man who gave 
betterment, the man who gave me life. And that tells you the extent of uh, the power and the significance of a mentor in the life of a young person. That you can live your life, you can do things, you can achieve great things, and can you look back and trace the transformation in your personal life to your interaction with somebody who was a mentor figure. And I think this is very powerful. And we need to understand that more than ever, even in the world of entrepreneurship, if we're going to make the scale, if we're going to achieve the scale of change, the scale of transformation that we need for our dear continent, Africa, then it's important that we look at things differently. And maybe one of the things we haven't tried well enough is the value of mentorship in entrepreneurship. I'm hoping those who are listening to me can really embrace this idea. Uh, you can be more deliberate about it. And hopefully you can also share your experience about, you know, if you already have one, how it's going. But thank you. I really enjoy it. And thank you for giving me this platform to share these few ideas. Definitely. And we're so happy to have you with us. Um, we hope to have more conversations like this. I do have very many questions um, that come along around this topic because it is something that a lot of the youth, I'd like to say, um, me being a part of them, want to know more about because sometimes there's not that one, there's, there's not really that much information. And as much as the internet has that information it's not enough for you to gain perspective of it and it's great to hear from people who had mentors are mentors and are looking to you know sort of just build that circle of network network and relationships as well so thank you so much for that thank you thank you um for having me and thank you also for your leadership in raising this conversation um and i hope a lot of people get to hear about them i am a big fan of your podcast I've learned a lot from them and I'll keep telling my mentees to look out for new sessions. So thank, thank you. Thank you. So thank, you. thank you. <laughs> All right. And that was Dr. Ofuncho Samarin, mentor, mentee, regional principal officer at the African Development Bank. And he highlights the five people you need in your life to succeed as an entrepreneur. Some of these germs don't only apply in business, but in our everyday lives. So I would highly recommend looking into it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts for exclusive access to all the gems of knowledge we drop here. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform. This is the AOU Podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa, Real Stories, Real Experiences. Mm-hmm.